Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. the podcast that we started because we love true crime. We love reality TV. We were curious about when the two intersect and boy, do they. Melissa, hi. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Good. You good? I'm always on the edge of my seat how you're going to start it because it's always it takes a little bit of a turn. It's a journey. It is. Every time, you know, we want to keep it consistent yet fresh. It's hard. Yeah, you're doing a great job. And we have two weeks to think about it every time and still. And yet. Um, <laughs> winging it every single <laughs> um speaking of fresh the picture behind you is uh the opposite yeah um I wasn't feeling great I uh went for a walk and felt kind of gross to be recording and I thought what would make me feel better and that is PK's teeth if I stand in front of an old picture of PK's teeth which were on the show I'm not making fun of him they literally proudly displayed them on that homeless not toothless episode then I look like a shining star in front of it. I don't think I've ever looked better. I'm going to have to agree. <laughs> I was not prepared. There is no coffee. There's no amount of coffee in the world I could drink to brace myself for that image. But um, but yeah, no harm in sharing that because PK and Dorit shamelessly showed those befores and afters because you know that got that service for free. Absolutely. Um, and I'm actually hoping maybe I could get some work done for free just by showing this again. Honestly, no, they'll look at you and be like, your teeth are perfect because mm, they like mine in contrast to that image. Look true, perfect. true. In contrast, I'm doing okay. Yeah. I still, I, I honestly belly laughed at the homeless, not toothless scene where none of them could get the name right. Right. It is. I really like I appreciate the point, and it's wonderful that they're offering this service. It is a really amazing service to be able to give. The name is just so tragic. It's, it's all wrong on every level. Who, who approved it and then kept approving it and filed an LLC to approve it? I feel like that's where the government steps in and says, I don't think this is what you want to do. <laughs> Or like some donor should step in. I feel like it was the afterthought. It's like, hey, we've got to, we realize there's this problem and we could really help homeless people who are trying to improve their life and get work by giving them dental work. Like such a great idea. Such a concept makes total sense. Someone's like, oh shoot, we forgot to name it right at the end when they find everything in place. They're like, well, homeless, not toothless. Because they might be homeless, but they shouldn't be toothless. And no. That sounded like a Jerry Seinfeld bit. <laughs> you got into that inflection at the end. But that's what it sounds like. It is that's wild. That's insane. It is. I know. Like, yeah. I wish I wish we could help with a rebrand. But um, 
I'll wait for them to ask. I won't chime yeah. in. <laughs> They've had enough um, buzz about them for the moment. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, should we jump right in? Let's do it. Okay. Melissa, I'm going to set the scene. Just imagine okay. yourself in it. Are you ready? I think so. Yeah. Okay. The year is 2007. You're a hopeful contestant on the UK edition of the business competition reality show, The Apprentice. On this show, you get advice from some of UK's top men and women in business, including one interviewer who is brought on to interrogate you, who is known mostly by his nickname, the Rottweiler. You can probably gather how an advisor on this show might get that nickname, but much like Simon Cowell is to American Idol, so too was P.K. Kemsley to The Apprentice UK. No idea. Like literally The Apprentice threw me off so much. I should have known it was overseas, did not, but well, I truly no idea. Well, I out the UK into a separate clue, so that was a little tricky on my part, but uh, we, we opened with PK's teeth because we are talking about PK Kemsley. And before we move on, I, I do need you to just, it's hard to find his um, seasons on that show because it's right. a, a British production and I couldn't get full episodes, but there are YouTube moments. Not, I don't think his most Rottweiler-ish, but uh, I, I just want you to, you need to hear PK I need a taste of it. on TV, not on Beverly Hills. Seems very tense. I'm, You're high, like hyper. I am. Relax. I am. Well, back. I am Chill. relaxed, but don't forget, I've got to come across calm, to you. Calm. <laughs> Be calm. I've got to come across to you and justify my points. Mm. Okay, so I am up for it without mm. a doubt. Mm. This is the way but that you're I You're making am. me want to sit back. Yeah. Oh, sit back. Relax. Right. Relax. Do you think I'm aggressive? Cool. No. Not many. If you take away that unnecessary aggression. And the fact that she really breathes in, she's actually quite good. Rebecca, how old is this episode? I think that's 2000 and... The YouTube clip says 2013, so I that's nine years I was going to say 11, ago. because I, I don't think it was, um, like, posted in the same year that it happened. Sure. But I know he was on in for a few seasons, one, one year of which was 2011. It looks like a different person. I dare to say PK is aging well. Honestly, I, I mean, you like to throw this word around, but if we're going to throw winsome around, current mm -hmm. PK versus this other guy, uh, yeah, he's aging much better. Freaking men, this always I happens. I was just going to say only men. If you would have just shown me that clip, I don't know that I would have immediately figured out that it was PK. Yeah, it's more recognizable from his voice than his Absolutely, face. yeah. PK was doing well at this time, at least until 2008, when the global market and PK's life kind of crashed. It is time to learn more about who we probably more commonly refer to as Dorit's husband. But it turns out he had a whole life and persona before Lisa and Ken introduced him to us on season seven of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, there's been, as you know, and probably most of our listeners know, a lot of speculation and rumor and chatter about PK and Dorit's finances, right? Their, right. their leased house, where apparently Boy George lives, uh, their debts. Did you know that? He oh, I didn't know Boy George lived there. Yeah, apparently he lives in their basement. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> it's been debated that perhaps the Kemsleys aren't as wealthy 
as they appear to be and that they work really hard to appear richer than they are. And sure, they wouldn't be the first couple on a Real Housewives franchise to do this. They certainly won't be the last. But because Dorit and PK came onto the show by way of Ken and Lisa, I kind of assumed they you know, they ran in their circle. So maybe they are legitimately wealthy. They seem like they, they would be to run in that circle. But if you recall my previous episode about Yolanda Hadid, Muhammad, her ex, who was a huge real estate developer broke as a joke. So you never know. So all of this made me want to find out what was behind PK's original business ventures, failures, lawsuits, and debts. Also, admittedly, you brought it up the winsome factor. I admit, and I think I admitted on the show that I was starting to, in the spirit of this being a British themed episode, fancy PK. Um, (laughs) I think he's getting a good edit this season. Yeah. And so I was starting to fall prey to his winsomeness. So I thought, let me do some research on him to set me straight, hopefully, because you know what happens when we start looking into people. Yeah. Usually trash. They're trash. (laughs) So I'm going to continue. And then, Melissa, you and our listeners can be the judge of the burning question. Is PK winsome? Okay. No. Oh. <laughs> All right. So in profiles that I read about PK, and there are several, he often attributes a lot of his business success to a guy named Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley is now known as a British billionaire retail entrepreneur who started a chain of sporting goods stores in the UK and went on to own the soccer team, football. I'm going to use football and soccer interchangeably, but we are talking about European football, American soccer, this whole episode. And that is the other clue. Uh, He owned Newcastle United Football Club, who are part of the Premier League in England. Mike Ashley has many other business accolades, but when PK met Mike, PK was just 15 years old and he worked with him at a menswear shop selling suits, which tracks, doesn't it? Like totally. That's where his first, you know, retail and sales training were. Yep. Mike was in his mid twenties and the two became friends. And it, I interpret what I read as Mike was a bit of a mentor, big brother type to PK. And at age 17, PK left school. And I'm not sure if that meant he left high school and just didn't go on to university or if he didn't finish high school and just stopped. Right. I'm not sure, but he went to work in real estate, first as a land surveyor, then as a sales agent, and he was good at it. You know, got to start selling suits, then he went on to bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah. So then he went to join Mike, who had left the menswear shop and was expanding this sports direct business. And my understanding is that sports direct was a bit like a sports authority, or we have Dick's Sporting Goods. I don't know if you have those. Mm -hmm. We do. Um, Just a large retail store where you get all the sporting goods in one place. So he developed this franchise across the UK. So they joined forces with a few other investors and they start a full real estate development investment company called Rock Joint Ventures. And for a while, the group does really well. PK puts in only 1,800 pounds of his own money. So the other investors were really the ones front loading this business. You need a lot more than 1,800 bucks to start a real estate development company. But he brought something besides capital to the table. His business approach was aggressive and high risk. I don't know what the opposite of risk adverse is. So I wrote high risk, but I meant he wasn't afraid of risks. He made big, bold moves. He, He had confidence. And people like to be around people like that in business. Yeah. One of PK's earliest and most successful transactions was purchasing an entire city block of office buildings in central London for $40 million in May 
2006. So this is like 10 years into the business, but still he's a young guy at this point. He sold that city block of buildings. He bought it for 40 million pounds, sold it for 72 million pounds in five months. So they're successful and he's very much a business tycoon in London that people know about and talk about. During this time, Mike Ashley was gaining traction in the world of football. And one thing I learned about PK during this is the man loves football, much like my really? husband. I mean, it's like, you know, the people who love soccer here are just diehards yeah. about it. Like people are about American football. I don't know. I guess it's no different than any other sport. It's just not as common in America. Right. But when you're from the UK, you follow football and like your town as a team. And yeah. then there's like the next level league. And then there's the premier league and globally soccer is like the game. Yeah. So PK loves it and he wants to be around it. Mike Ashley became owner of the Newcastle team. Hmm. And Dan Levy, who was another partner in this rock joint ventures owned the team called Tottenham Hotspur FC known as the Spurs, which is definitely what we're going to call them. My right. husband <laughs> fooled me in this name. And I was like, Tottenham Hotspur. And he's like, yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham. I'm like, you're not British. Stop correcting me. <laughs> um, even though I came and asked you. Don't mansplain to me, even when I ask you a question. You're right. <laughs> so PK got a seat at the table and he served as vice chairman of one of England's premier football clubs, the Spurs. So in terms of business, PK Star was rising. He served in this role from 2001 to 2006. By 2007, Rock Joint Venture is known often as Rock. So when I say Rock, I mean okay. their real estate group was valued at 750 million pounds. Also worth mentioning that in 2007, PK got married, not to Dorit. He married a fellow Brit named Loretta Gold and the couple had three children. I racked my brain and I did not go back and watch every season do you remember him ever talking about kids or Dorit talking about? I did know he had kids, but I was under the impression they were like 40. Like I thought they were much older. Like 2007 is not. Nope. Those are babies. They're right now young adults. Um, and there's very little published about them publicly, but his Instagram is full of pictures of them. Beautiful mm -hmm. young adults named Atlanta, Daniel, and Tatum. Two girls and a boy. So... Yeah, he has three other kids in the UK. That's wild. I mean, obvious. Oh, and they're in the UK? Man, that's when tough. When he moved here after the divorce, I don't know how that worked in terms of sure. like the co-parenting arrangement. I definitely think his ex-wife was the more primary. Sure. But it seems that they have a very good relationship now. Well, I mean, that's great then. That's, it, that's they made it work all somehow. you can ask for, yeah. Yeah, and there's not a lot written about it, so I won't speculate other than sure that I like. I thought their names were cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mentioned that 2008 financial crash. Everybody was impacted by that, whether you worked in real estate, the mortgage business, just homeowners and just people. We all felt that, but it had a very direct impact on PK's business, but not in the way that everyone experienced because PK's portfolio of assets, professional and personal, were so leveraged. He owed way more than he could pay back. And he was very much someone who bet on himself. He always had like that confidence, that bravado, that optimism right. informed all his choices. But literally he bet on himself, which is actually what ended up getting into trouble. Truly, that is like not something I've ever been worried about. I will bet on a snake in Everyone the grass before I will ever bet on me. Me. 
I yeah. I guess could use like a dose of that confidence when negotiating or asking for money. Like I'm yeah practically apologize when I bill my clients for for the money that they owe me for work I did. Right. That's it. That's what I was gonna say. My first thing to say is I'm sorry, and then whatever. And yeah, my daughter does it, oh, and I'm like, you have to stop. Good. Don't do not do this. Break that generational curse. I swear. And when I send an invoice, you know, uh, no rush. Like. No, you owe me the money. I've done 30 days of work. Please pay me this week, preferably. Right, like, right, it's right. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, not PK's I mean, yeah. Well, good for him, I guess. Well, I is guess. it? Because so what good. happened. In addition to real estate, PK was very interested in something called spread betting, which sounds... I don't even like kinky. the word. I know, and like <laughs> dirty and wrong, but it isn't, I promise. So do you want to know the actual definition of spread betting? Because I didn't know what it was, unless you... Yes, please. Okay. Uh, clearly, I have no if clue. <laughs> any, here's a disclaimer. I didn't go to a business school. I don't have an MBA. The rest uh-huh. of this episode, it was very hard for me. Um, and I, I can read well, but I didn't understand right. a lot. So anyone with actual business background, I'm really sorry for the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> but here's what I read about spread betting. It's any various type of wagering on the outcome of an event where the payoff is based on accuracy of the wager rather than a simple win or loss outcome. So Mm -hmm. my understanding is like, you don't just win or lose, you put some mathematical probability out of what else could happen by how much someone might win or lose. And you can do it in multiple options. And it created this whole middle market of ways to make money, I guess, to wager and possibly make money. And it's legal. And it was like new technology. It started in the late 80s, but I guess in like the 90s and early 2000s, tech companies got behind it to find ways of making people be able to spread bet, often on sports games. Yeah. PK was an early investor in those companies and he was Hmm. really big into it. I wish I could say more about it. I just don't understand it beyond what I just told you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like, okay, I'm going to bet on the Super Bowl. So I'm not just betting who's going to win. I'm betting what this person's going to score, this person's going to, or this team's going to score, this team's going to score. And how close I am to that gets me more money on my win. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You should go intern for PK. Um, I would rather not. <laughs> this tracks with his affinity for betting. He was considered a whale at London and Las Vegas casinos. Have you heard that term? Cause I have, but I couldn't tell you what it means. It's the name assigned to people who regularly wager thousands or millions of dollars in a single night at a casino. And it's a bummer to me because I love whales. That's my favorite animal. And I don't love gambling. (laughs) So now I'm just like, great. Now PK is a whale. Unfair. (laughs) So this tracks because foreshadowing, we know that he gets into some gambling debts at the Bellagio. So all of this tracks, right? But yeah, so he's a whale. He is like a big old London high society tycoon living his best life. I'm now going to break down the downfall as best and simply as I can. When things started falling apart in the real estate and financial market that okay. happened directly in his, within his company. Yeah. So after this crash, Rock Ventures went into administration. Going into administration means that the direct running of the business temporarily transferred to an administrator appointed by a court. They're legally required to be in an insolvency practitioner and the process is instigated by the courts, your creditors, or limited company directors. But what I learned is there's two kinds of administration. You can voluntarily go into that and be like, yikes, we're going under. Let's hand this over to like the powers that be to help us get out and you can rescue your business. It's like a good faith gesture. 
yeah, yeah. or it can be appointed to you, which is like, there's some not good stuff going on here. You have mm-hmm. to go into, they say insolvency. I think it's pretty much like a bankruptcy process Okay, and we're taking over. So at this time, former business partners of PK sued him during this process, saying that he was involved in self-dealing, that's in quotes, transaction around a $35 million personal loan. Again, a new term to me, self-dealing. When a person in charge of the money acts in their own best interest in a transaction rather than in the interest of their client. Oh, I know. So he used investor client money. And took out a huge loan from Barclays Bank. Of course, this represents a conflict of interest, and it's an illegal act that can lead to litigation, penalties, termination of employment for those who commit it. But at this time, he leaves his role as vice chairman of the Spurs. He says it's because he wants to focus on real estate in the United States, but rumors are swirling that it's because he had a falling out with these partners because of the lawsuit, and that the writing was on the wall that his empire was about to collapse, and it would not be good for the team if he was their vice chairman. He also left The Apprentice because at this time he was, as we know, the Rottweiler. He was brought on on multiple episodes to be the advisor to these young hopefuls. Uh, But he left that preemptively, didn't wait to get fired. And he was honest in this, I will say. He said he left because, and I quote, who are you to interview anyone? You've just gone bust. (laughs) (laughs) True. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that bit of self-awareness and honesty, I think, is a, a check on the winsome column for me. PK then says, I'm done with rock joint ventures. Everything's falling apart. That part, I think, is a little less preemptive and more like he was running from it. He had lawsuits against him, debts in the millions. So he moves to the U.S. to pursue new opportunities. And he also files for bankruptcy in the U.K., but moves to the U.S. while that process is happening. So when he declares bankruptcy in England, his debts are around $34 million. After this year-long process, the courts in the U.K. wipe his slate clean and he's absolved. I think it's more complicated than that, but honestly, we don't have enough time to talk about that bankruptcy. It was messy. Whoa. Can you imagine though? Like I I can't imagine getting myself into that. I mean, level just knowing that I have a balance on my credit card (laughs) statements every night. I'm like, what can I sell around here to get it off? Like I just, I hate the feeling so much. Um, I can't imagine $35 million I also hate that that's absolvable and that you could just move to another country and start new businesses. Right. Like, that doesn't seem fair either because a lot of us are like trying to creatively find ways of, you know, paying off our student loans and our credit card loans. Exactly. And like there is no option of like just saying mm-hmm. I can't other yeah. than bankruptcy. It just for that level, it feels like surely there's got to be a little more of a repercussion, which. Right. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> so he's trying to make things work in New York and LA, but the lawyers representing Barclays Bank of London, one of the creditors that PK had owed money to, said they're a little suspicious of this ruling because he's not living like someone who's bankrupt. So they right. go back to the judge and they're like, can you look into this? Because he's over there like starting businesses and he has a very expensive lifestyle. They proposed to the judge that PK had significant secret assets in the United States, which PK completely denies. According to the IB Times in the UK, Judge James Peck said, Kemsley was a bankrupt who does not live like one with ready to access abundant free cash. According to the same article, he lived in luxury, including a palatial New York apartment costing. Give me a guess. I know I've given you little glimpses. Is this monthly? It's weirdly a weekly rental, but give me the monthly rent because four weeks in a month. So monthly rent 
Okay, I'm going to give you a Florida number. If somebody told me they paid $10,000 a month, I would lose my mind. Is it more than that? It's it's so much more than that. So for- uh, like that is it, here that would be I would go to your castle and I would you would be my queen if if you paid $10,000 a month. If that were my budget cuz we're looking right now, mm-hmm. we would have like a comfortable 16 to 1800 square feet in a safe neighborhood. Like you know what I mean? Like it would be nice, but it yeah. would not be anything to write home about. Okay. So what, what's, what do we got? We're talking, well, for some reason they put it weekly, 15 K a week. So 60 grand a month in rent. And this is around 10 years ago and a property in Beverly Hills, Boca Raton and Hollywood. So they were right to investigate. Yeah. Like he's not even trying to live low. No, like, exactly. To stand under the radar. Yeah. So the London courts start going after his U.S. assets because they're like, Mm-mm. Like Good. they're not going to make a fool out of us. So, so everything he's now doing in the U.S. is susceptible in the U.K. So he P.K. files for protection in New York, but the New York courts are like, yeah, sorry, no, you can pay Barclays back with your U.S. assets. So yeah. P.K. is officially now bankrupt in the U.S. and <laughs> the U.K. because he can't pay it back. So he has to like get rid of all these properties, liquidate, do what people do in that process. Good. I know. So PK is now bankrupt, divorced, off The Apprentice, off the board of the Spurs, but he's in America. And America is the land of second chances. So I want to go to the next chapter of PK's story, the one that comes after Chapter 11 Bankruptcy. But first, we'll take a quick break from this week's sponsors. Our show has been around for more than three years now, which is really something to celebrate. But when I think back over all of our episodes, one that really sticks in my mind, of course, is the one about the bling ring. There were literally teenagers breaking into the homes of celebrities and stealing thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of items. There is just something so scary about someone being in your home without your knowledge, even beyond just having your things taken. And that's why when it comes to home security, I only trust my home to Simply Safe. Simply Safe isn't just some old fly-by-night security system. It was actually named the best home security systems 2024 by the US News and World Report. On top of that, Newsweek named it best customer service and home security, which is really huge because if my house or the people that are in it are in jeopardy, I want to know that I'm speaking with people who are there to help me. We've had Simply Safe in my house for several years now, and Rebecca got her system last year, and there's a lot of comfort in knowing that I have indoor and outdoor cameras all around the house. And if you aren't sure whether it's something you'd actually use, you should definitely give it a try. There are no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're getting close to the part where PK meets his one true love. But before that, he tries his hand again at his first love, football, soccer. In 2011, PK announces he's going to bring back soccer team 
the New York Cosmos as their new chairman and president. I don't know how you just, if you self-appoint, I don't know who he knew because right. and all his like, you know, wealth signals are, are gone. So somehow he, he says, I'm going to resurrect the New York Cosmos. Do you know anything about the New York Cosmos? I don't. Mm-mm. I didn't either. I do know we have like a New York Cosmos keychain floating around the house that I've had for years. <laughs> and it, all makes sense now, actually, why I have yeah. this random keychain. So the New York Cosmos were actually like a legendary storied New York City soccer team from the late 1970s. Brazilian soccer legend Pele, who you probably okay. have heard of, mm-hmm. maybe, um, was on the team. So he just was like an icon and the team just was was magic. And people described it as a mix between sport and art. So I think they were like the cool kids of soccer in America. Was it like the Harlem Globetrotters, but soccer? Melissa, did you read my notes? No. Okay. You and PK need to team up. Hold hold that thought. So the team, I'm serious. So the team was famous. It had a reputation for being cool. Team members went to Studio 54. They partied with Andy Warhol. But Americans' interest in soccer didn't hold the way it did in Europe. It didn't go back as far and it didn't last as long. It just kind of fizzled. So did the New York Cosmos. So when this weird guy from the UK announces he's going to revive the Cosmos in New York, everyone's like, what are you talking about? This is just the weirdest thing. All he has is this connection to Pele, more on that in a second, and a vision to rebrand the team to be a competitive team in the MLS, which is Major League Soccer. So that's like the pinnacle right. of American soccer. So to take them from you know, nowhere, like non-existent to that. It's again, showing his just optimism, confidence, bravado. And he decides if that doesn't work, he'll make the cosmos something akin to the soccer version of the Harlem Globetrotters. We're not an actual seriously competitive team, but they're a money-making marketing product who also do charity shows, but they're successful because of branding and buzz and like the entertainment value. Right. So you're you're absolutely right. He was like, they'll either be amazing or... (laughs) just be a spectacle and like people will pay a lot to see them so the guardian does an article and asks him like how are you going to do this and the quote here is kemsley declined the opportunity to discuss his plans for the cosmos and how and by whom those plans would be financed but the bill could run into the hundreds of millions of dollars if the cosmos are ever to grace the professional soccer stage again kemsley may be lacking some of the essential football ingredients but he is not short on confidence Mm. quote it's going to be huge. Cosmos are back, he told guests at a party to pay homage to the soccer team. So here's another little clip of PK talking about the Cosmos and in an interview in Vancouver. They're at a soccer game and the commentator says, hey, you're the guy bringing the Cosmos back. Tell me all about it. Now, we're very busy. We've been, um, as you probably know, uh, actually, last two weeks I've had Eric Cantonar in New York with me. Uh, training our PDL side and uh, I've been in Asia with Pele so we uh, we've been busy we're, we're growing the brand and we're, t- we're talking at length with the MLS and we're working on our stadium solutions so it's a busy time for us we uh, certainly remember the Cosmos in Vancouver sure. uh, had some tremendous games here always a huge excitement sellout crowds uh, is the excitement there in New York the buzz uh, about getting the Cosmos back no question I mean it's been unbelievable but not only in New York globally I mean we've been on uh, we've been on a, a tour in in Asia they're excited there I think we've had something like 1.4 billion impressions on the internet and both the New York Cosmos and Eric Cantona were the number one Google uh, 
tweeting trends when we announced Cantona's appointment, and it's been it's it's been unbelievable actually. The uh, we're selling merchandise already. Okay, I mean, lots of confidence, lots of statistics he brings out, like talking about there we were the number one trending whatever, and we had 1.4 billion views. Like nobody's gonna go back and fact check that, so you can really say whatever the heck you want to, and I feel like that could have happened there. Especially in the year 2011, when he's like, he said something like Google impressions on the internet or something. I mean, it was so like, not even like the metrics people were generally right. referring to. Nobody then was definitely going to fact no. check so right. And this explains how a keychain got into my house. Because at one point, <laughs> I had three kids playing soccer in New York City. And I know that team like was hawking their crap at something mm -hmm. or partnered with one of my kids' football clubs. And I'm hence sure. this random keychain, which I will try to find and take a picture of. Please at. do. But this article goes on and says the expert who is talking about like how you bring a soccer team to life was saying that this is basically the reverse of conventional thinking. With the Cosmos, PK's aim is to build the brand and then build the team around it. And the expert goes on to say, this will not be cheap. It probably won't work, but it will be interesting. <laughs> so I think people were kind of just watching like amused. So that yeah, was yeah. fun for me. Spoiler, I don't think much happened um, with the Cosmos. Um, no. I think they might still exist, but they're nothing like, again, they're just yeah. trying to get my kid free merch. Sadly, Pele, who is this soccer legend and PK named him president of the Cosmos, which did go a long way to right. galvanize excitement around it. He passed away in 2021, just recently um, at age 79. Again, that did not help the more recent status of the Cosmos, but um, but just a note that I I didn't remember yeah. that he passed, but, um, but that was sad. So PK is now working and living between LA and New York when he meets a swimsuit designer from Connecticut who has an ambiguous accent. That's right. Dorit Lemel or Lamel, not oh. sure how you pronounce her last name. But it's instant sparks, according to the write-up about their wedding in Wedding Style magazine. He asks her out on a proper date, but Dorit says she can't. They're at this lunch and like right away he's like, let's go to dinner tonight. She's like, I've got to go to Hong Kong for business. And he's like, cancel your flight. She was a swimsuit designer, Melissa. I see your doubtful expression. Okay. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> this gets more and more Dorit. Just wait. He's like, cancel your flight. And she's, she says something. I don't have the quote, but it's, I wrote my notes say she wouldn't think of it. So I think she said something like, I wouldn't hear of it or something. And mm -hmm. she, but then she remembered her late grandmother's dying words. Her late grandmother had told Dorit that she would bring her a soulmate once she passed. So Dorit, if you can imagine, looked at PK and thought, must be him. I don't know that I'd make that leap meeting PK. It's a big jump. I might say I'm going to wait a little. Is he the only man that spoke to her <laughs> since her grandma died? All just like women and children. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so she takes the leap and cancels the flight and literally says the rest is history. The couple actually had little Jagger who we who we know and love yes before they got married and he's in their wedding photos in a little toddler tux and it is Aww. freaking adorable their 2015 wedding again they have not been married that long seven no. years mm -mm. was at the rainbow room in new york city which is an iconic venue um and the wedding was low-key and understated i'm just kidding it was really loud oh, i was like that doesn't sound i like know <laughs> super expensive art deco inspired with crystal glass and feathers everywhere. Dorit was quoted as saying, I felt like I was floating outside my body. I was filled with love and completely euphoric. Uh, and they guess on the musical guest at the reception. 
it wasn't Boy George, I would be shocked. It indeed was. So we can finally get to the Boy George of it all. Yes. Yes. This is really why we're all here. So one of PK's post-real estate endeavors was running a talent management company called Nixie Entertainment. This company still exists, but there is no website. Very little activity on LinkedIn. PK himself has 35 followers on LinkedIn. I dug around looking for some like landing page for Nixie. And as far as I can see, his only clients to date have been Boy George and formerly Pele, who has passed. But we did see in a recent episode, he had another musical guest at that. um, Was it the Homeless Not Toothless event or was it a dinner before that? Melissa Etheridge. Oh, uh, it was before that. It was whatever event happened before Homeless But Toothless. Maybe it was Kyle's birthday. No, no. It was, I thought it was Lisa Renna something. They had that stupid table. Oh, it, was her for... cus- it was her, yeah, her beauty lip brand party. Okay. I think this was, was it? I don't know. Charity, because it was at it could have been house. It makes more sense. The reveal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah. So I guess maybe Melissa Etheridge, he said he said he knows their managers. I don't think he represents her. I think he had a connection to her. No, that was a weird speech he gave too, because it had nothing to do with Melissa Etheridge and everything to do with him. That's in a nutshell. Yeah, exactly. That says everything we need to know. Now, it has been, you said you didn't know this, but it has been casually mentioned on the show. And if not on the show, because I can't pinpoint the episode in articles that Boyd George is not just close with the family, he lives with them. To this, I say, why? Like, yeah. what about his career has not allowed him to get his own home? It has also come out that they co-own their home with a co-investor slash business partner. Is it Boyd George? It has to be. Again, I ask why. I don't know. I couldn't find this information. Right. I got an idea, though. I feel Ooh. like they need money. Okay. A new show, a sitcom, The Boy Downstairs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the Boy is Boy George. And it features like the lower level of their modern oh, farmhouse. Lower level. I don't know, just yes. An idea. Okay. So let's continue with PK and Dorit, who are now a joint venture in all of this. Now, PK and Dorit present well on the show. They have adorable kids, a loving relationship, designer clothes, large homes, fancy cars, but PK's financial troubles did not end with his bankruptcy. Dorit continues to work on her swimmer line, which previously, prior to meeting PK, was called Dorit, but was rebranded as per PK to be Beverly Beach. Beverly Beach, darling, which (laughs) we watched unfold on the show. Now, Even that got slammed by a lawsuit. In August of 2018, Dorit and PK were sued by their former business partner, Ryan Dorn, for allegedly owing him $205,000 for his work on the Beverly Beach swimsuit line, which I have to imagine his work was sizable. Yeah. I don't know that, you know, they're churning out those bathing suits. A judge ordered that Dorit and Ryan had to go to mediation in January 2019. The pair worked out their legal, legal matter outside of court, settled, undisclosed. Right. Know the drill. Then there's the small issue of their unpaid taxes reported to be upwards of $1.3 million. I don't know how PK didn't learn. I will give you the first time when you come into money and you're an entrepreneur and you don't know how to sure. like spend and set aside and do your taxes. He should know better by now. I feel like the first rule of fame, like, you know how on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, that creepy man comes up to each of the kids and whispers in their ear, like, in the whatever, and, like, kind of tells them the secret. As soon as you get your first check when you're a celebrity or whatever, you need that creepy man coming into your ear and saying, I know an accountant, and you need to listen to him. 
listen, this is brilliant. This has to happen. Like, get a tax accountant. Like, it is I not difficult to get one. It's not nearly they as expensive as it's going to be to fix I it. I don't understand. Like, it's, I think there's just this like vicious vortex of greed and like nobody wants to like part with the millions. Yeah, but That's you're going to have to eventually. Exactly. One way or another, they'll either like take it from you or you can give it to them. Right. And then there's their current mansion. You know, they moved a few times on the show. And I have to say this current house, my favorite of all of their yeah, houses. Yeah. It is pretty dreamy. Uh, they just moved into it. But a year later, they put it on the market for $9.5 They've reduced it to $8 million. Now, this is as of the end of last year. I don't know what the current status is, but they could not sell it for eight. It was listed for rent at 75000 a month. So I think she's they're still there. Although, no, what we're watching now is last year. So I don't know right now if they've sold it or rented it, if they're there, if Boy George is there. No idea. And this is the same house that um, was broken into. Yes. So their next trouble comes from a lawsuit from Boy George's business manager, whom you'd think they'd be on good terms with. Right. But no, Nico's, who has a last name, <laughs> alleges <laughs> that he loaned PK so come on stop 1.2 million dollars but that pk only paid him back a quarter of a million so apparently the two have worked this out but not before he had to hit him with a lawsuit and make it public yeah. so pk resolved it and he resolved his gambling debts as we know in london but that didn't stop him from racking up debt at the bellagio in vegas which pk tried to get out of by saying he was bankrupt bellagio was like no we're suing you for $3.6 million because that is the casino marker amount we gave you in good faith that you didn't. So he was given like a three point. I don't even know how gambling works, but I know that. They yeah, get I don't either. Chip. It was worth $3.6 million marker. So he gambled with that, lost it, and they want their money back. So he did make an initial payment of $875,000 on the debt. But then because of his bankruptcy, he was unable to get more money. Bellagio says, we didn't know about your bankruptcy. We still want our money. So in yeah. 2015, he worked out a deal to pay the Bellagio back, but allegedly he stopped paying the debt a few years later. This is all according to New York Post. Earlier just this year, 2022, it was announced that the Bellagio had taken further legal action against PK, claiming they still they were still owed over 1.7. So whatever he chiseled away out, it was like about half. Finally, PK's lawyer comes out. A lot of months go by and his lawyer says, Paul Kemsley and Bellagio have resolved their differences. Bellagio is looking forward to having PK and Dorit at the Bellagio soon. And PK and Dorit are looking forward to enjoying all the Bellagio has to offer. End quote. Wow. Whoa. Uh, tell me. No, Joey from Blossom. That's a Joey from Blossom. <laughs> Whoa. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I guess it's good, good rep. I don't, I don't know how to feel about any of that. I I cannot imagine living my life being $3.1 million in debt and then like having Dorit pose like this against a window in head-to-toe designer wear. I'd be like, we are selling all of this, all of this. I know. It, it's not as Ugh. bad as Erica Jane, but it's really close. Like it's in poor it's taste. It's gross. It's not mm -hmm. criminal. Um, well, actually, if they I owe mean, creditors, it might be. To me, what's so audacious about the, the lawyers, I mean, lawyers going to lawyer, the spin on this is like, all mm. good, Bellagio can't wait to have them, and they can't wait to go back. If I were, if it were me, I would never step foot in the Bellagio again. 
never. Oh, I wouldn't even go in the same state as the Bellagio. Right? I just like, would be terrified. It would be humiliating. No Vegas. Like, that's over. Oh, my gosh. I that's know. so much. But what is your intention just to show off and say I have this $3.6 million amount that I can bet and hope it works out? Because that is wild to go in. I don't know. I was always told to not, like, spend money I don't have. Yeah, I'm still paying student loans from uh, when I was 20, and I'll be paying them for five more years. Um, so I haven't always done that, but it is wild to me in those kind of numbers to just to do something so stupid as gambling. You know what I mean? I it's know. not like he wasn't investing in anything. But I really oh, this is a lot. Feeling I get is it's, it's all about pretense, like you said. I think totally. He he was good for it, and that matters to him that he's good for that amount mm -hmm. of a good faith gesture um the right thing is he's not like at yeah all. that's kind of on the bellagio but so now pk has mostly sorted out lawsuits and debts but as any real housewives of beverly hill watcher slash listener of this show knows there is more to this story this is when we get into the the more criminal side of things that are very recent this season of Beverly Hills opened with the shocking home invasion of Dorit and PK, and I'm fairly confident our audience will be familiar with that story. But for yeah. anyone who isn't, the brief rundown is October of 2021, three men entered PK and Dorit's home around 11 p.m., broken through windows on the first floor. Dorit did not have their home alarm on, and they came up to Dorit's bedroom, held a gun to her head, and demanded jewelry, bags, I mean, just honestly, the season opened with this episode. We yeah. talked about it. It, it. it was like edge of your seat dramatic. Right. And it was real. It was crazy that it was playing out on the show. Yeah. Now, normally the kids would have slept in her bed because when PK goes away on business, the kids sleep with her. So PK was out of town. They were home. I think the intruders probably assumed they were out of town, but Dorit had come home before PK. And normally the kids would sleep with her because he was out of town, but for whatever reason, they didn't, thankfully, and yeah. didn't go to the kid's room. So she pleads for her life, shows them where her stuff is, and they left with $100,000 worth of items, bags, jewelry, et cetera, wrapped in her duvet cover. She begs them to spare her life. They take her phone from her, but they say they will leave it at the front gate and to wait a while for them to leave. And, and they do. There's footage outside of her home of them placing her cell phone and then right. leaving. The suspects remain at large and, you know, currently there are no arrests and the LAPD has a video of the men entering her home on their website, like the full length. It's like five minutes long. It's terrifying, Oof. but you could never identify them from this. Like they are so mm -hmm. well masked and hoodied and gloved. And this, I think, is when I started being charmed by PK. Because he comes home from London and he is the hero. He is so comforting. He is so sweet. He is so shaken up. I mean, the 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 real emotion, you know, I love when genuine emotion and real feelings come out on these shows, even if right. it's like through tragedy. I just I love real and I love authenticity. And this just showed a different side of them. They were incredibly right. vulnerable and it was an incredibly scary thing that happened. Um, but every hero needs a fall. <laughs> and just when PK was starting to appear winsome to us, just a handful of episodes later, we find out that PK got a DUI. 
So PK was arrested and cited on November 23rd of the same year on suspicion of a DUI while out at dinner with business colleagues. And if you are wondering who those business colleagues are, I would just watch the show. And Melissa, you can go ahead and run that clip because he will tell you. There's the official story from PK's lawyer that says, while out with a business colleague, PK consumed a glass of wine with dinner. (laughs) That was his attorney, Alan Jackson. But I much prefer PK's story that he tells on the show. Been to Vegas lately? Uh, I I have. I went to Lionel's, which is opening. When I got pulled for the DUI, I'd had dinner with Lionel and John Legend that night. And the policeman says, where have you been? I said, out for dinner. Who with? I said, John Legend and Lionel Richie. He must have thought you were an asshole. You know what I mean? He thought you were an asshole. So that wasn't a great start. And then the whole thing went from bad to worse. So the real lesson is, when you think you're okay, you may not be. Yeah. How did John Legend and Lionel Richie get drug into that is what I want to know. I know. I blame Boy George, I guess. I don't know. But boy, did he love telling that story. And was it low-key shady of Rob to be like, have you been to the Bellagio lately? Or did he say Vegas? He said Vegas, but I loved it. Rob knew what he was there to do. Yeah, He knew. Right. I actually love Rob and Crystal together. I think they're great. Great couple. Yeah. Total sidebar. Just when she was talking to him about her eating disorder and the girl's response and his face, his look of like concern for her was so sincere and not self-aware that he was on television. I could tell. And again, that's what I'm here for. Seeing those real moments. I like them too. So I don't know. There's a lot of talk about PK's DUI. To me, it like smacks of privilege. Like they gave him a ride. They did the test after time lapse. And then that's, it is such nonsense. Like it was, he was not treated the way many people, particularly not white, (laughs) wealthy men would be treated in the same situation. So you might be wondering, where do PK and Dorit go from here? They've cleaned up the worst of their financial messes, not all, but close. And literally, I wonder where are they going to go? Because they got to move out of that house. (laughs) Um, I was shocked to read a 2022 article from earlier in the year in House Beautiful magazine that said the couple is London bound to film a new TV show. I haven't heard this anywhere. So I don't know if things have changed, but according to January 2022, House Beautiful, they are going to film a new show called Selling Super Prime, which is described as an intoxicating mix of super luxe properties, rich reality, and cutthroat competition. PK is quoted as saying, after 12 years out of real estate, I feel the time is right for my return to an industry and city that I love. When the credit crunch hit, I lost the business it had taken 15 years to build. I had no choice but to file bankruptcy and start again. The USA loves a comeback story and afforded me that opportunity. Now it's time for me to share my knowledge, help the next group of young aspiring entrepreneurs right here in the UK. Get over yourself. (laughs) Super prime literally sounds predatory. Like, I don't know, super prime, subprime. It's just, I immediately thought selling sunset, like it's a selling sunset uh, spinoff or something. Please don't make us go through that. That's what they're going to make us go through in London. So in closing, a la Carrie Bradshaw. I had to wonder. I don't know what your boy George and PK met, but it, is it possible that the lyrics to his song, Everything I Own, were about PK? If you don't remember, I would give everything I own 
give up my life, my heart, my home. I would give everything I own just to have you back again. Yeah. So that's a very long story of PK. I truly knew about 1% of that. I did not, I definitely didn't know how those two met and I didn't know his kids were so young. I I know. I, I guess I just thought he was quite a bit older than Dorit, like decades older than Dorit for some reason, but seeing all this video and stuff, I'm like, there's no way. He just has gray hair. 55, which isn't that old. I mean, my husband is not far behind him and looks sorry, but yeah, no, Um, you're good. Um, Okay. So he still could have had kids whenever he was 18 or whatever. So that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He does seem older than that. And his youngest, I think, is only 18 right now. So again, this happened in quick succession, like the marriage, the three kids, the divorce, it was, you know, like eight years or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Those two things. Super interesting. I I, I mean, I truly had no idea about anything in his past, including the Boy George connection. I I honestly thought he had always been in music. That was my understanding because of the Boy George and how he always talks about Boy George and Melissa Etheridge and all that. So I assumed he had been some big shot producer in the UK. No, he has this random talent agency and the one connection is Boy George, which there has to be a story as to how that even came to be. I couldn't find it, but you didn't know a lot, but you made some very like accurate leaps. Like the way he, you think like PK. I hate to say. Okay. Take that back. I'm just kidding. I have to say there were many the times Harlem during my research. <laughs> I was like, I think my biggest fear might be that I am like him in some <laughs> weird ways. I don't have that confidence, but I do have like the, like, how could I market this? Or like, what is the brand angle? I do have a little bit of that, but I like to think it's built a little bit more on substance and like something that actually exists. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, skip the brand part because they are big homeless, not toothless people. So right there, you know, their branding is a little screwed up. No, I I think you've got the entrepreneurial, whatever that, however you say that word with an eel at the end, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, spirit about you. And that's similar, but you're not a you're not him. And are we voting on whether oh, or not he's winsome? We have to. But wait, before we do, there was nowhere I could insert this in the story. But I mean, is there any place where we see his like marketing genius more than naming Dorit's wedding dresses with her Nictaria line? Do you remember that scene? Oh, yeah. That lives on as one of my Briefly. favorites. So she's like, I'm doing wedding gowns now. And she comes out modeling each one looking smoking in every single one. So she's in like a head to toe white tight dress with pearls like fifteen thousand pearls on he's like i know we'll call it the pearl <laughs> like, and then for each one and yes. he's like the moment the actress and he and dorit's like oh you know like, so bye, brilliant bye. <laughs> oh, hello. so so chic um wish i could have talked more about dorit but this was very about much about pk oh okay. yeah so okay just to set the scene we are answering the question is pk winsome Listeners, we also want to hear from you. So please let us know on Instagram when we post about this episode. Do you find PK Winsome? Okay, ready, Melissa? Three, two, one. Yeah. No, I knew it. I knew it. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's probably the accent. I think I'd love to be around him. I would love to meet him. I'd be charmed by him. I wouldn't want to go into business with him. I wouldn't trust my money with him. I... I think he's a, I think at heart, he is not a bad guy. There was nothing in this story. 
usually some douchebaggery comes out. Like sure. he made a lot of crappy decisions, but he was never a jerk to anybody except on The Apprentice. I guess he was. That was kind of his brand, but I didn't see that footage. So I, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's all lore. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I, even when we were doing the countdown, I felt a little conflicted looking at that picture of him and Mauricio and I how mean, like silly they look. There's, he got him a belt. Like he needs to okay. slow his roll with the Versace, but like. I I just don't um I would not want to be around him. He's somebody I absolutely would not want to be around. That's I wouldn't want to meet him. So I wouldn't want to hear his stories. Just I think I'd have to meet him. I think if I saw him person. having a drink at an upscale Manhattan bar, I'd have to say hi. Which is weird because oh, I wouldn't me. do that do to it. everybody. But in the in the realm of housewife husbands, he is not the worst. No, 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 no. No, he's really not. He's yeah, he's upper he's he's one of the better ones which tells you how crappy these <laughs> well i know that's show. true and you're right you make a i i mean yeah no you're i'm standing Winston by what you called I'm it standing by it but i understand that like being so obsessed with outward appearances and materialism like that's generally not something i respond positively to right and yet they're in like yeah. enigma <laughs> and mystery of pk gumsley i guess there you go. Yeah. It was his Melissa Etheridge. I think that speech is what pushed me over where yep. I'm like, this is nothing about Melissa Etheridge and everything about you being connected to her manager. So yeah, yeah that's where, that's where he lost me. Almost fair, got me. Fair Almost enough. Got me. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for going on that journey. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So what have you been watching? Because I know you told me a couple things about it that sound like I like it. Okay. So one thing I've been watching right off the bat, I just want to say this one because I think people should watch it, the Monty Tayo, uh, the catfishing, the girlfriend who didn't exist. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's so good. I don't want to give clues and go into it, but if you remember the catfishing story, it's incredible. It's about forgiveness and all that stuff, and I loved it. Okay, that's not my real recommendation, but you should watch it. I what is my recommendation? But here's what I was watching. Ready? Yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. Contract Killer. Contract Killer. Okay. Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. You got it. Oh, you told me this already. I did. Melissa, I've watched it. Do you want the first letter? Yes. B. Barry. Barry, you got it. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's yes. good. Okay. It's so good. So Barry is a show about Bill Hader as his contract killer. He goes to kill somebody in this acting class and realizes he might actually like acting and decides to become an actor, which upsets the person who has him, you know, doing these contract killing. The side characters on this show are so hilarious. There's one guy in particular, and I, I don't remember what his uh, name is right offhand, but truly like LOLing the whole time. Like he sends a text message to Bill Hader about somebody who's supposed to kill, and it said, He's dead. Congratulations. And you know how on text messages when you write happy birthday and the like things shoot off? The confetti. That's literally the message that Bill Hader gets. And just like a it, it's so funny. Um, I number one, if you've been watching this show, I'm angry at you because you didn't tell me about it. Not you, just listeners in general. Oh, I'm fighting sorry. listeners. Fighting listeners, but I had started it before, and I think just about everyone I know had at least tried one episode and just didn't stick with it. Mm -hmm. 
if you can keep going, because even the first episode on a rewatch was not bad, but for whatever reason, I just wasn't into it when it started. And I burned through those three seasons. It is so good. So funny. The last season's kind of dark, huh. but it's incredible. Uh, what a brilliant concept for a show. Right? So funny. And to me, like the actor who pulls that off is key and he is perfect. So good. It started, but I was already like knee deep in something else. So I didn't stay. Yeah. I will absolutely go back to it because I, I did find it really weird and funny. And I like the um the girl from acting class. She oh, yeah. Quintessentially the girl from acting class. I was wondering how you felt about all the characters that are in oh. acting class because it seemed, I mean, it, oh, it, it's it pokes fun at itself. Painful. The tropes are just so accurate. Yeah, I loved it. And Henry Winkler's in it. He's amazing uh, in it. Yes, he it, it's, is. Yeah, if you've ever thought about trying it, you absolutely should. And and it yeah. it is so funny. And there's three whole That's seasons great. to watch. It gets kind of dark, but really good. Didn't realize there were three seasons. That's exciting. No, that's yeah. really a good one. Good recommendation. And also, Dax Shepard just brought up that documentary, um, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, or The Ex-Girlfriend uh -huh. Who Didn't the girlfriend who didn't exist, I think. Girlfriend who didn't exist and raved about it. And then you did. We talked about that offline. So two people I trust very much. Thank you. Um, on Netflix. It's it's amazing. I'm definitely he is amazing, that. I should say. Yeah, he sounds incredible. I mean, Dax was really gushing about him. Just like yeah. what an upstanding human. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. He went through so much and and still offers forgiveness. So it's pretty incredible. Okay, well, I'm going to follow your lead and just not do the clues because I don't want to get into this show because it's so sad and so heavy but so good I'm watching dope sick on Hulu and I just oh. I, I cannot recommend it more highly Michael Keaton Rosario Dawson uh Peter Sarsgaard and it's about the opioid crisis that began you know in the 90s through now um in different regions but there's like two stories going on there's like the personal stories of, of okay. people's like injuries that lead to the painkiller that lead to the addiction and the fallout of their life coinciding with um the department of justice going after the pharmaceutical company purdue oh, wow. to take the company down so it's like both like a legal drama and this like heart-wrenching personal drama oh i think i think it's like required watching honestly because this is such a huge issue but trigger warning if you know, it yeah. could be really tough for people who've, who've experienced that in their life or their family. But such a good show. Dope sick. Hulu. Okay. Did it come out a while ago or is it fairly new? Because it's uh, a couple years old. Okay. I yeah. thought I'd heard of it before, but I didn't. Yeah, know. It's I mean, not I... brand new. I was surprised. I'm like, I don't know why I'm just now hearing about this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely um, want to watch that. It's like one of those sleepers that kind of, I don't know. I missed it when it came out, I think two or three years ago. Okay. Okay. But I'm so happy because I have something a little bit more like fun. I have no idea if this is on your radar or not. It wasn't on mine at all. Uh, three clues. Netflix, India, love. Is that Indian matchmaker? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't know. So you've seen it or you've seen. I haven't. I've just seen the Netflix title. tries to get me to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Not something I think I would have chosen, but my mom recommended it. Thank you, Barbara. Um, here's a description. Drawing from decades of experiences, insights, and traditional methods, Mumbai's premier matchmaker, Seema Taparia, strives to help single people find their perfect match. So 
what I like about it is that it is a reality dating show. Sure. But it combines like the history of India and arranged marriage with the modern preferences of these young people who want to meet and approve of the yeah, person yeah, they're yeah. going to marry. So it, it, it's interesting because it explores the tension of arranged marriages, but it's very much like not, it comes down on the side of like a lot of families are participating in like a hybrid version of it currently okay. where they're not just arranging it. So families are actually coming together and hiring Seema, this amazing matchmaker woman. Like she's carrying oh, the show. Okay. And she's got this great way with the younger generation and she's setting them up on dates. And so you follow all these different men and women. And it's not just in India. It's Indian people also living in the U.S. and Chicago and New York and New Jersey. So it's really cool because yeah. it goes from the U.S. to India. So it's gorgeous because everything in India is just like so vibrant. Yeah, yeah. And it's shot really well. It's kind of like the India. It's like Bling Empire in India. Like it's just okay. pulling out all the beauty of, of a culture. And I'm really enjoying it. It's wholesome like I know we all love a, a love is blind and a you know Dreamer. those but these are like really for the most part they seem like really decent people I'm only a few episodes in I just started it again my mom just recommended it and I needed I was coming off of dope sick which is a weird choice of word because um <laughs> coming but, off uh, of watching the Hulu original dope sick or yes. was it a Hulu original I don't know it, yes it is I believe so it was a really nice um palate cleanser yeah. And I recommend it. Nice. I do want to watch it. I've been – it's one that – because this isn't its first season, right? It was another season. No, it's season. season two. And I should say I started okay. with season two because my mom did. So I just, like, jumped in so I could talk to her. But it's following some people who, like, trailed over since season one. So I do Got need it. to go back. But you could totally pick up in the current season and be fine. Mm -hmm. um, there's, like, one woman who is a little bit – who's pretty annoying and you kind of love to hate her. But otherwise, everyone's okay. pretty likable. Yeah. In, in not a boring way. You know, sometimes okay. that's just boring. It's not. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. There's enough. Oh, awesome. Um, they're just, it's just unique enough that it's, it's interesting. So I'm enjoying Very cool. it. Yeah. I want to try that too. I definitely want to do Dope Sick. Oh. Because I just remember hearing about it, seeing it, and then for whatever reason, you know, once they take it off the rotation, I'm, I forget about it. Of course. Also, I, I heard about it through, um, I'm sure expert Dax and Monica were talking about it. Oh, okay. So happy to plug them twice because they really need to grow. They need it. <laughs> they need it. so tiny. Um, but who the other person that's in that that's incredible is the girl who was in Believe Her on Netflix. Did you watch okay. that? She I saw is, the thing. I didn't oh, see it. Though. She's this young actress. She's just so good. But it is heart-wrenching, this show. Just mm. full warning. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the next episode of Criminality. Okay. So I would like to preface this by saying oh, okay. two weeks ago, swing and a miss. Scott Stapp, turns out <laughs> no one gives a crap about him. I'm very well aware now. <laughs> Look, by not it. saying anything, you guys spoke so much. So <laughs> next time, do I have a show for you? Oh, I feel boy. Like this is this is the one for me. All right. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Here's my three clues. Okay. First one, multiple. Second, Ed Hardy. I know. Third, DJ. Oh, I am so excited. I know. I think it'll be fun. Oh, don't get me started on Ed Hardy. It's like yep. Carson Daly for me. Just 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard on a podcast the other day, somebody was like, how do you like Nashville? And he's like, well, Carson Daly's opening, doing some kind of show here with Blake Shelton. And now I'm, I hate it here. And I was like, oh, that's got big Rebecca energy there. <laughs> um. Oh, I, I cannot wait for this. Yes. I can't believe it hasn't come up on my list earlier, but I needed a redemption one okay. after me and Scott Stapp and missing the mark on that. So I'm excited. Coming hot next episode. I love it. Well, look, yeah, I've had a couple that were not fan favorites, shall we say. Um, Do not try our, to comfort me. I I, it's I need comfort. to sit in this. I know. <laughs> sit in the discomfort. Listen, so I don't do it again. How nice are our listeners, though? They wouldn't dare like write, not my no. favorite. This sucked. They just don't Melissa, write. what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't care about them then. Don't care about them now. Right. What's wrong with you? Take the Florida out of this show. No. They didn't do any of that. <laughs> no, we have the nicest listeners. Um, For sure. And so, hey, if you are a nice person and like our show, you can definitely leave us a review on Apple yes. Podcast or wherever you listen. And you can follow us on TikTok. Melissa comes up with great ideas and she activates quickly because that's the name of the yeah. game on TikTok. Yeah. It's just you got two seconds. I don't do a lot of editing and it's up. Yeah. And I- It's forever. It's a very PK approach to social media and, <laughs> and I have required. the to do it. <laughs> yes. The bravado is real. Um, and we're also on Instagram at criminality show and, um, yeah, everything else is in the show notes, but as always, thank you for listening. And you can catch Melissa on Tuesdays on her other show moms and murder. And you can catch Rebecca twice a week. If you listen to this show twice a week, uh, while she's on her summer hiatus from uh, dialogue Wait, twice a week. You can listen to her twice a week if you listen to the episodes twice That's a week. That's true. Just double listen. Skip the Scott one and then go back to other ones. That's true. And if anyone is heading to the Obsessed Fest at the end of September, I will be there hosting True Crime Trivia. So if you're into True nice. Crime Trivia and True Crime Podcast, the Obsessed Fest is in Ohio the last weekend of September and I'll be there. Nice. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.